When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Attention sports fans, are you a fan of an NFL team and it better be the Raiders? This is Hondo Carpenter from the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. How would you love to attend your favorite team, and it better be silver and black, week one in Denver, or whatever game that you pick? Well, you're in luck because the Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice, up to 5000 bucks. And like I said, it better be with me in Denver where the Raiders take on the Broncos. The rules are really simple. Do this. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Once you're done, then all you have to do is sit back because you're officially registered and wait to win. That's right. Four free tickets to any Week 1 NFL game. You better pick Denver. What are you waiting for? Go now and enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com. I'll see you there, brother. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Raiders today. So excited to be with you for yet again another one of our Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcasts. And we want to start with a very special announcement. We love the team that we have here at SI's Fan Nation Raiders today. Our coverage of the Raiders, I believe, is second to none. We're offering you as many as 15 stories a day, as few as seven on the offseason. But, I mean, we're keeping you in tune to anything that happens with the silver and black. And we are grateful for people like Daryl Craig Harris that takes pictures and videos, Aiden O'Connell, one of our senior writers, Carter Landis, uh, another key writer, Tom Lamar, who is a Raider beat writer for 50 years, now part of our team, and of course, been part of our team, excuse me, and then Braden Reddy, Reedy, excuse me, another terrific young writer. This guy is going to be with me in the building every day, and Henderson, he is a terrific writer, he's a great father, a tremendous husband, and man, he's just becoming my buddy so proud to welcome him to the team. I'm just going to call him Quattro because he is Ezekiel Trezevant the fourth. What's up, Zeke? 
Hondo, listen, man, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Thank you for the opportunity, man. And um, I'm excited to join the team. Um, I'm excited to be covering such a, a great and historical team uh, like the Las Vegas Raiders. So, uh, again, man, thank you for the opportunity. I look forward to doing great things, and um, I'm excited. You know, you earned it. You were already covering the team, and I like the way that you handled yourself. I like the way you write. I like the way you see things on this Raider team. So when the opening came up, it was a no-brainer to give it to you, Zeke. You got it. You earned it. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly glad. And, and just so everybody knows, Shannon is my much better half. And one of the reasons I liked you is, like me, you married way out of your league with the lovely Miss Jasmine and your beautiful children. So I thought, okay, hey, you got to like a guy who reminds me of me. He can recruit because clearly – he and I are not attractive men, and we both got a couple of hotties. So congratulations there, too. We love your wife, Jasmine, and it's proud to have you both. Um, earlier in the year when the schedule comes out, I always do my way-too-early schedule prediction. I said if Jimmy Garoppolo stayed healthy for all 17 games, which I understand is, is, is saying a lot, that they would win nine. Now after training camp, I've seen nothing to change my opinion of them I, I don't think this team is a Super Bowl team at all. Um, I think they could get a 10th win. If they got a 10th, then they could get into the playoffs. But I don't see them as a, as a force in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to be releasing later next week my final predictions. I'm still going to have them at 9. But I, I, I have um, given them – I go through all the games and the games I think they win. I'm going to be changing one game – that I thought they would lose, that I now think they would win, and one I thought they would win and would lose. I right. could see them getting to 10, but, man, I don't see it much higher than 10, Zeke. Uh, but nine is what I'm predicting, so I'm going to ask you. We can't predict injuries. If Jimmy Garoppolo stays healthy for all 17 games, what do you think? I'll be honest. I think what you had in terms of the 9-10 area is about fair, right? Once you get to that 12-13 win range, that's the elite of the elite, right? That's how it's always been. You know, you're talking first seed in, in the conference. So I think this Raiders team is looking at about that nine to 10 win range. And like you kind of pointed out, there's some games that you maybe should lose that you, you need to win, right? You got, and then you also have to win the games that you're already supposed to win. So I think eight, nine, 10 is fair. Um, assuming Jimmy stays healthy, obviously a lot of it is depending on Jimmy staying healthy, but assuming he does, I think they will be fighting for that last uh, wild card spot. I do. All right, so let's dig in a little bit because there are several things that have to happen for teams to become champions. Now, I've been doing this for decades. You have not. You're much younger than me. The first thing is is they they have to begin to build with a long-term future. One of the biggest problems in the National Football League is they only give guys two or three years, and so you don't have the 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 – privilege and it is a privilege of building long term mark davis came in and said these are our guys i broke the story last year that they were not going anywhere when people thought all right here come firings um and mark davis has allowed them to build long term that's number one that's critical number two is you have to begin to win and and it's consistency and i want to explain what i mean by this it's not just it is in the fall, and those are the most important wins. But you got to win every day in the offseason. 
You got to win every day of your camp. You got to win every day of your mini camp, your OTAs. And I think that this franchise, they've done a great job of it. The next time, the next step is you have to win the things you're supposed to win and then steal some victories. 100%. You know, nobody in the NFL is going undefeated. So you got to be, you got to look at a game and say, I can, we, this is a game we should win. We're going to win. Okay. But here's a game we're going to steal because we're yeah, close. The, the next step, Zeke, and I, I think this is the biggest one. Is is you know we talked about consistency, winning the games that you're not supposed to that you're not supposed to win, winning the ones you are. But the next step on that platform is then developing a champion's mindset, where when you're not playing well, you find ways to win. I, I've heard this said many times: good teams find a way to win when they're not playing well. You're gonna have games that your team doesn't play well. The other team is hyped. Maybe you're going against a guy that you cut or maybe a guy who grew up a fan of your team and you didn't want him. To me, the Raiders have not made all of those steps, but they've made the one building for the future and being consistent. We've seen it all through camp. Where am I wrong, Zeke? No, I think you hit it right on the head and I think you hit it you know, in, in order. Um, most importantly, I think the word you're looking for is culture. Right. That, that mm -hmm. second step that you mentioned, uh, when you're building something long term, as you know, you have to instill the culture first or you can't instill that mindset later on down the road. Right. The mindset comes from, hey, every day in practice for the last X amount of months, we've been doing this. We've been practicing. So I think to your point, the coaching staff, the organization as a whole, they're saying, hey, let's change the culture from what it was. Another thing that you pointed out is, hey, we're, the, the Raiders are thinking long term. Right. This is only you know, this is the, the infancy of the McDaniels, uh, you know, stay here. So I think they're looking at this as a five plus year deal. I really do. I think, I think Mark Davis did not make this move to have them here any less than five years. I really do. So to your point, I don't think they're necessarily saying we have to make it to the Super Bowl this year, because again, they're thinking long-term. So then that comes, you know, what comes up next are those other steps that you mentioned, right? Once you built that culture, now it's a matter of, Hey, how do we make sure that again, we win the games we're supposed to maybe win a one or two or three, that we're not supposed to. And last season, right, that didn't happen for the Raiders. They lost a couple of games that they should have won. And that was the those couple of games are the difference, right? So once you start to develop that mindset after developing the culture, those games that you lost that you should have won are now going to turn into wins. So I think you hit everything on the head. I think what the Raiders organization is looking to do is just make progress from last year to this year and then take another step or two next year after that. They're definitely thinking long-term and I definitely think they're on the right track. Zeke, Phil Steele, you know him from Phil Steele's College Football Preview Magazine. Uh, he's one of the top college football prognosticators in all of, a, of the world. Uh, happens to be a very dear friend of mine. Not a good friend, a dear friend. And I was sitting with him one time. We were eating barbecue, and we were talking about, you know, he gets it right. He's the most consistent, the most accurate decade after decade in the sport. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, one of the things I like to look at is, you know, close losses. Because sometimes teams, because of injuries or they're just, maybe they've been bit by an injury bug or whatever. When you go back and look at the Raiders, you know, there were two games last year where I thought they never had a shot. Mm. Maybe three, but I think two for sure, maybe three. Even in their losses, they were close. I think you yeah. could see it. 
Now, let's get in a little bit into the conversation about Jimmy. I consider Derek Carr to be my friend, so I'm not trashing him. But he did not fit in the Jimmy Garoppolo and in the Josh Jacobs system. He held the ball too long. That does not what this system's predicated on. I remember you and I were out at training camp together every day this training camp, and there was a a, a drill they were doing. And I said, "Hey, do you notice that drill? One, two, three, out. One, two, three. Josh wants the ball out quick. That's not Derek." And so for me, at least, it's no slam on Derek. I think he's going to do great in New Orleans. But this isn't New Orleans. And, and I think that that Jimmy Garoppolo fits the system. He knows what Josh wants. It's not going to be, yeah, but. It's this is what I want. I'm not holding the ball long. I think they're better just because of a different quarterback. Now, again, that's not a slam on Derek. It's just a different system. Right. And in in his style, he's going to do great in New Orleans, but is it didn't fit here? Agree or disagree? Completely agree with you there as well. I think the another thing that's worth pointing out uh, in terms of getting the ball out is that sometimes you don't have to necessarily throw it to the receiver. Sometimes it's a matter of throw the ball away to get you know to avoid the sack. And I think that's a lot of what McDaniel's and, and maybe some of the Raiders fans are saying is, hey, we understand nobody was open, right? The defense they practice too. But don't you can't take back breaking sacks that are that are setting your drives behind five, eight, ten yards at a time. And now you're digging yourself out of a hole. So I think that's one thing that that Jimmy brings to the table is he's making smart decisions, even if it's, hey, let me throw the ball out of bounds uh, to live another day. So to your point, that's not taking anything away from Carr. He had he's had a long, successful tenure with the Raiders. That's because of how well he played. But again, Jimmy is just a different guy. And th that's no slight to Derek. Jimmy is just a little bit higher on that on that echelon, if you will. So Jimmy's going to come. He's going to bring that experience that, he, that that he's had over the years. And I, and I do think that he's going to take maybe uh, uh, take the Raiders to another level than maybe what they've been. Agree with you there very much. All right. Now I want to go to Josh Jacobs because uh, I said all offseason, as you know, he would be back before week can't week one. He was before game one. Um, there was no animosity. A lot of people thought, oh, man, Josh hates these guys or Josh and Dave hate Josh. And I kept saying there's none of that. Did Josh Jacobs want his deal done? Sure, it's his money. But there wasn't any animosity, so I think this is a little different. This isn't like Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay in Indianapolis where there's animosity. I mean, the Raiders came up and kept saying, we love them, we want them, we don't want them to go anywhere. We're not, I'm the one that broke the story. They're not trading them. I mean, so – for as as acrimonious as a holdout can be, this was certainly quite loving, wasn't it? Oh, this is on the easy scale of things, right? This we, we yeah. know how holdouts can go, right? Holdouts can get very, very ugly, um, especially when you're talking about how the running back market has been devalued, right? That's that can get personal really, really quickly, right? Like you said, you pointed out Jonathan Taylor. So uh, the Raiders, they talked. You talked to them, and they said, "Hey, we're not, we're not trading them." Right. Even throughout the process. Right. What, what a boat of confidence of, hey, we're negotiating with them. Right. We want to make sure the team gets the best deal. But we have no one. Don't even call us to trade them because we're not doing it. Right. I think that says a lot in terms of for the organization to come out and say that in the middle of the, the negotiating process. So both sides love each other. There's personal things and then there's business. And I think both sides was just coming from a business standpoint. What company doesn't want to save as much money as possible? What player doesn't want as much money as possible, especially at a position that has a very short shelf life? by NFL standards.
Yeah, I told everybody they're like like I now. First of all, I want to say this: I think Jonathan Taylor's a stud. Yes, I think he is a great football player and an even better human. I I, I really like him a lot. I think the relationship with the Colts and him is both business and personal. And I think, for example, when Al Davis wouldn't play Marcus Allen, that was personal. Yeah. But this holdout with Josh and the Raiders situation, I don't think it was anything personal. It was just all business. And if you're going to have an acrimonious relationship, that's how you want to have it. All right. I want to get to Zamir White. I really like Zamir. What a great kid. And and I know he's a grown man, but I, hey, I'm old. as you know, I call you a kid, and I'm I'm, I'm old. But the I'm I'm I was disappointed in him this camp. His work in the passing game was better. I give him credit. But there was a chance for him to make a statement. I think they were hoping last year he would win the job. And Josh Jacobs is like, no, that ain't happening. Josh out, I mean, all of training camp, mini camp, OTA. I think they were hoping he would step up. No. This is not personal with me because I like him. But if there's not more from Zeus, there's going to come a parting of the ways. I don't think he gets a 24 if we don't see more in 23. Do you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think they were I think they were expecting more from Zeus White. And I think it was fair for them to expect more. Um, but I'm also mm-hmm. interested to see um how the, the coaching staff divvies up the, the rushes this season. So last year, the second leading rusher on the team in terms of attempts was Derek Carr. Right. So I think I think this year is going to be a matter of, OK, let's try to give Zeus a few more opportunities and just see what he can do. Let's see what what he does with more opportunities carrying the rock. Now, the flip side of it is, is that he's a, he, are there times where he's missing the hole? I think we can all agree on that. Right. There's times where the offensive line did their job. And if he just bounces here, bounces there, it's an extra five, 10 yards. Maybe he breaks it you know, down the down the field. He's a little bit different than than Josh Jacobs. Right. That's also the other half. It's not he doesn't run. It's, it's not as sexy is when Josh is running the ball, right? So it's a different style too. So uh, it's a little bit tougher. to. It's not as flashy, right? Um, but at the same time, I think Zeus, if, as long as he's got his head on his shoulders, right, he gets more opportunities. I think he has the potential to, to break through. During his time at Georgia, he, he spent a lot of time with other great running backs in the backfield. He's experienced this before. He's got to go out there and prove himself. But to your point, that clock is, is winding down quick. This uh, front office has already shown they have no problem cutting ties with a, a draft pick that they that they draft it right even if it's year two or year three so um i think zeus definitely needs to, to step up i think it sends a huge message that neil farrell isn't here he's in kansas city yeah he's the one that got traded in kansas city yep. matthew butler's on the practice squad i think there is a huge message being sent here we don't care where you were driving. I mean, they let Alex Leatherwood go, and a lot of people said yeah, it cost them tens of millions. A lot of people said, yeah, but that's because he wasn't selected by them. Well, they let a couple of tackles, one go to the practice squad, one go to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I like the Ziegler, the Ziegler McDaniels mentality. We don't care where you were picked or when you were picked. We want the best guys. I'm loving it. I'm loving love it, Zeke. I love it. Listen, I, and I was going to say to you, like, and that's where guys like uh, Masterson, guys like Spillane, guys that didn't even get drafted, and now they're starting in the National Football League. Like, think about how how what are the chances of that happening? That's very slim, right? And you got to think those guys play with a different type of heart too. Right. So the guys that came from nothing, the guys that weren't drafted, the guys that are thinking they're lucky stars, that they're even having a, a chance to walk into the building. 
those are going to be the guys that play the hardest for you. So, um, you know, like you said, uh, it's definitely sending a message, no matter how much Josh McDaniel says it's not sending a message. It's definitely, how can it not send a message, right? Like, come on, like you, you just traded, come on, stop. And, and then on top of all that, you traded them in the division. How does that not send a message? Like that's, that's the ultimate message sent, right? <laughs> I said all off season, you had Butler and Farrell who they paid money and said, please don't dress. Yeah. Is there a more bigger message to send than, and oh, by the way, we're so not concerned about you. We're trading you to Kansas City. I, I think in any, I think in all of sports, the, like w- there is no message that's sent louder than we are paying you to not come in here. Like, just think about that. Like, we're paying you to leave us alone. We're giving you money. Don't come. We're sending you away. So if I was a player that 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 they did that to, or another player that saw the team do that to a player, come on, I, I can read between the lines. Yeah, pretty funny stuff. All right, I want to talk to you about Devontae and Jacoby. Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the National Football League, but Jacoby is a WR1. 100%. So for him to swallow pride, go be a WR2, tells us a lot about his character. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think either one of those two guys had a bad route, a bad drop, and they looked I mean to tell you, to me, it looked like uh, Lynn Swan and John Stallworth. Now, that's way before your time. I don't even think you were born. Ask your daddy about that. I wasn't. I had to watch the highlight tapes on that one, Hondo. (laughs) Uh, That's a long time ago. That was like 15 years. Yeah, I don't know if we want to hire you anymore. (laughs) That was probably like 20 years before my time, Hondo. (laughs) Maybe, Maybe 15, 20, yeah. Yeah. Zeke, you need to stop because we decided to hire you because we love Jasmine. But the yeah. <laughs> all right. But my point was is you got two great receivers, two guys that look the part, that catch the balls, run the route, create separation. I have said, and you've heard me say it in interviews. I think they have the deepest wide receiver room in the National Football League. Agree or disagree? I think you you would be hard pressed to find a deeper wide receiver roster from one through five or six or seven, whatever, how many ever they kept than what the Raiders have. Um, it, it would be very, very hard to do it specifically in terms of Jacoby and Devontae. I mean, those guys being on the field at the same time, it's going to be hard for any defense to stop. And, and like you said, we've been at camp, we've been at practice. And literally, if one's not open, the other one is right. They, they put they, they stress any defense out. And that's before you consider uh, Mayor and, and anybody else that's coming out um, on, on routes. So I think they're going to be a nice, nice duo. You got to think Jacoby led the the Patriots in receiving for the last, for three years in a row, right? And he had uh, Mac Jones and Cam Newton on his last leg throwing him a football, right? So if you can lead any organization in receiving for one year, let alone three years in a row, and you don't necessarily have the best of quarterbacks, I think that says a lot about you. Uh, so the flip side of that is, is that now that he's in Las Vegas, now that he has Devontae as, you know, wide receiver one, now he, you know, now Jacoby's not being the focus of the defense every week. So I think that helps him out a lot. If you can be, if you can lead the team as the main focus of the defense, what happens when you have other guys taking that pressure off of you? So I think Jacoby's going to be a household name by the end of the season. I truly do. I got to tell you, I was on a national radio show recently, uh, Sirius XM, talking NFL and talking about, they asked me if there's anybody that I thought they should be keying on for fantasy. And I said, Jacoby, and I'm going to give you another name. I, you and I are – one day you and I were standing next to each other at training camp, 
And we were both just kind of being fans, well, not, not fans, but spectators watching Michael Mayer. Yeah. His first day in pads against Max Crosby, I, I mean, my heart went out to him. It was embarrassing. And he admitted that. Yeah. But as camp went on, he kept wanting those reps with Max. Mm-hmm. He kept getting those reps with Max. He, I mean, there was, again, that one day you and I saw him make a, a block on a guy and put him right on the on his butt and then turn around and make a catch where he had to turn his body just in ways that a man that size should not be yeah. able to do. Michael Myers is a stud, is he not? He's a grown man. He's a grown man. He looked apart in college, but you know how that goes. A lot of players can look apart in college, step on the professional field, and it's a completely different story. But Mayer is a grown man, and he can do it all, right, whether it's run blocking, whether it's going out and catching the ball. He, he's going to be special down the road, and you, and everybody's going to really see why he got drafted so high. He may have been possible to get drafted in the, in the first round instead of the second. So um, he looks the part. He plays the part. As he continues to learn the the, the game of professional football, he's only going to be better. So I think he just adds to, to the arsenal of weapons that the Raiders have. And between, you think, again, Mayer, Jacoby Myers, you have Hunter Renfro, you have Devontae. Like, at some point, somebody's going to be open, right? So I think Mayer has a, has a lot of special things ahead of him, um, and it's going to be fun to watch. All right, Zeke. So I want to turn to a different sub. Stay on the – I want to go to the offensive line where we know Colton Miller is a stud. We know Dylan Parham. So underrated from last year. He's a stud. Andre James, such an effective. I mean, his ability to wham, get that ball up quick. And a lot of people don't understand, most offensive linemen coming from a three-point stance just have to lift their hands up. The center has to take the ball, deliver it, and get his hands back up. Exactly. He's been great. But I want to talk – I thought Jermaine Illuminor um, had a really good camp. I I like Jermaine a lot. But I'm going to tell you a guy that I think probably had the best camp on the offensive line, Mr. Toughness, Greg Van Roten. And I was big when they signed him. The guy never gets hurt. He plays. He plays at a huge level. He goes out. He makes plays. And listen, coming in, there were some of my friends in the media who were predicting Alex Bars to be a starter three days before the guy gets cut. And I think it just talks to you about Van Roden, how good he is, how solid he is, the kind of leader that he is. Of all the Raiders on offense, and, man, I think a ton of them had good camps. I don't know that anyone had a better one than Roden, your thoughts, than yeah. Van Roden. I mean, you got to think about it. For the most part, almost all the same starters across the board came back on the on the offense, right, from top to bottom. Uh, the only one that didn't even make the team was, again, Alex Bars. And everybody, for the most part, had Alex Bars coming back again this season, right? Continuity, right? Having the whole offensive line, having that cohesion. But we, again, you bring up the toughness, you bring up the availability, the experience uh, that Van Roten has. Van Roten has over uh, 90 NFL games. Uh, of the 90, over 50 are starts on the offensive line, right? So he clearly knows what he, he's doing. He's available. I think um, that Josh McDaniels, people forget that he values availability over, again, where you were drafted or where you're from or any of that. If you're on the field and he can depend on you to be on the field most of the time, that plays a lot of a large part of it, too. So Van Roten is tough. He understands all the terminology, according to McDaniels and what he said the other day, um, and he fits in well. So I think that speaks uh, volumes, not only that he is now the starter, but they cut Alex Bars altogether. Not, oh, we're going to push you as the backup or, oh, we're going to put – he's gone. He's completely gone. 
right? That's again for a team that's not for a coaching staff that doesn't send messages. Again, more messages are being sent every day. So um, I'm and again, tell you that, this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying, hey, that message is again, whoever plays the best is going to is going to see the field. Yeah, I agree with you. Now I'm going to say this: they did not expect they they thought Greg would make the roster. They did not think that he would be beating out bars. I can tell you that internally when he was signed, I know for a fact. They they hope everybody they sign beats out everybody. But that was not internally what they were they were thinking. And Van Roten just tore it up. So, All right, let's go to the defenses. Go ahead. Okay. So I was just gonna ask you, so what can you give some insight on what they were thinking? Was it hey, he's just that uh Van Roten is just here to to battle for the backup spot or just push Alex yeah, Barr? Yeah, push him, be a great backup, be a proven veteran who can teach some of our young guys. And then he just kept playing. playing yeah. And just kept. I mean, you heard me when you and I were interviewing Max Crosby. And I said to him, is there, I don't think he, he has the uh, dirty side of Richie Incognito, but does he have the nasty? And you heard Crosby laugh. He goes, no, Hondo, uh, I wouldn't say nasty like Richie, but he, he's got some mean in him. Yeah. I, I, he just kept, and he just kept winning everybody. And, and, you know, there were some plays where Max Crosby came back and said, guys, he, he good. He's nice. <laughs> All yeah. Right. yeah. All right. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Last year, it was Max Crosby. You know, I, the Michigan State Hall of Fame basketball coach Tom Izzo used to say, you're, you can't lead when you're not on the court. Denzel Perriman was a leader, and when he was playing last year, he was really good for the Raiders, but he could not stay healthy. And it was really Max Crosby. And I've got an article coming about how this year was built in, in a couple of days. But they go in, they get a Marcus Epps, they get a Robert Spillane, Two guys, different personalities than than Max, but same mentality, hard-nosed, driven football players. You look at Max, you look at Robert, you look at Epps. It's like when you have a good catcher, second baseman, shortstop, and a center fielder, and they say good up the middle. The Raiders are up the middle now. We saw Marcus Epps directing guys pre-snap, Robert Spillane moving guys pre-snap, I think the Raider defense, I don't think it's a top 12, but I think it's going to get into the teens. I think it can get into that 14 through 17 range, where with that offense, if they get there, they could probably be better than what I said. Uh, to me, I like this defense. I don't think it's it, it's it's done. I think it's going to be better next year. Like They're going to keep drafting, bringing in some more free agents. But I certainly think it's better than last year. That's why I don't have them winning more. Your thoughts? The defense is definitely better than last season. Um, obviously, they, they've ranked near the bottom in most statistical categories the last few seasons. So that progress that you want to see is going to be made this year. Um, I do think that they made it a point to go out to and, and get guys that are hard-nosed in terms of their mentality at every level of the field, like you mentioned, defensive line, linebacker, and uh, obviously your defensive back. So um, I think not only that, though, your leaders, such as your Max Crosby, I think they're tired of the of the knock that the defense has gotten, right? So I think there's a reason that why Max got into a fight two out of the three weeks in terms of preseason uh, camps, right? I think they're tired of that, and I think that's why they went and made those moves. They're tired of getting pushed around, right? And I think are we are, are the Raiders leaning on the offense? 100%, right? Are they heavily banking on 
specifically their linebackers being healthy, 100%. But they're going to be better than – they should be better than what they've been the last few seasons. So uh, I truly think that the Raiders and their defense have something up their sleeve. I think a lot of people are going to be pleasantly surprised. And if the defense is anywhere near 15 to 20, I think that jump that everyone's looking for is going to happen. I agree. All right. I want to talk about just a couple more players. We're going to be done. Daniel Carlson. I think he's the best kicker in the National Football League. I know you can you can make an argument he's top two, probably top three for A.J. Cole. I don't think Raider Nation appreciates enough how valuable this special teams is with the Raiders. Yeah, you, you it's all three phases, right? It's not just about how good your offense, your defense is. Your special teams have to be special, right? And I think between those two, the Raiders have, A, invested in the position, and B, they've shown that, hey, they've taken a good, honest look at their entire roster, not just quarterback, not just receiver, literally punter, kicker, and on down the line. So, yeah, that you can never sleep on – the, the, the punter, the kicker, they're always kind of like the offensive line, right? You never really notice them until something goes wrong, right? As long as they're doing their job, everything is smooth and, and they're underrated. But as soon as they're not, everyone points it out. So to have those positions solidified and have, again, top you know five, if you will, at the positions, you, you cannot underestimate that. Totally agree with you. All right, last guy I want to talk about, Marcus Peters. I've always admired him as a player. I have friends who've played with him at multiple places, so I always knew he was a good guy because guys I like and personally know really liked him. I did not expect to see the character side of him. I'm not, I'm not saying he is a, not a man of character, but you and I, I you and I were laughing about it. Jacorian Bennett, I mean, wouldn't leave him alone. It was almost like that. You probably don't remember that old TV show, Kung Fu. Master, speak to me. Yeah. And and it was, you know, I, I love the way he worked with the young players. I love the way he made himself available. I love the way he impacted wide receivers. To me, everybody knew what they signed in Marcus Peters. I don't think everyone expected what they got that came with just the player, the character. The I was talking to one of his former teammates who I'm close to. Um, and I was telling him about that. I go, did you ever see it? And he goes, yeah. He goes, I told you he's a great guy. I said, well, I know, but you didn't talk about how he is in a locker room. Uh, I heard this story yesterday from a player. Um, I was telling him how impressed I was with Marcus. And he said that there was an offensive player that had made a mistake that didn't even involve him. And he walked in the locker room and saw Marcus talking to that guy and just tapping him on the shoulder. This is a guy that he didn't embarrass, had nothing to do with his position group, and played on the other side of the ball. But, hey, we need you. Again, Marcus Peters shocked me in a great way. How about you? Marcus Peters is, is one of the best and has been one of the best at his positions over the last five to ten seasons. Um, I think one way a player can make themselves even more valuable is passing down that knowledge and that experience down to the younger players and down to other players, right? A lot of times you have to go through the reps to learn. And it's a matter of if somebody can save me 20 reps and make me a better player, what does that say about that guy, right? Marcus Peters, he comes across as, at least on the field, right? Again, hard-nosed, physical guy. But on off the field, as a teammate, it's the complete opposite. Um, and, and it speaks volumes to his 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 personality, his character. And I, and I do think him being with 
his favorite team, right? Uh, you know, since childhood, I think that just is going to make him even better, make him play even harder, um, and make him share that knowledge even more. So basically, what he's doing is, in a sense, is making a, a bunch of other Marcus Peters, right? In terms of their knowledge, in terms of the, the other players' experience and such. So he's he's top notch. I think he's whether he's on the field or not, he's going to help uh, change that defense for sure. All right, I said only two more guys, but I got actually two more I want to talk about. Drake Thomas, they loved him. Yes. They wanted him desperately. There was a lot of angst about cutting him. And he got But in up. the end, I'm sorry, go ahead. Did, did he uh Drake Thomas got picked up pretty yeah. quick, right? Yeah, I mean immediately. Yeah. That was a loss that really stung them. They didn't want that. Matter of fact, I was projecting him to make the roster going into camp. And he almost did. He was the last guy cut. And it was it was tough. But I, I want to talk about, you know, that was a big loss. But that tells you the kind of roster Dave Ziegler's building. Exactly. But I want to talk about Amik Robertson. Now, I love Amik. That's just my guy. I just – he's so much fun. He's a walking carnival. He's just – I love his attitude. I love his spirit. I love his heart. If you don't like Amit Robertson, there is something fundamentally wrong with you as a person. Talk about as a, as, a, as a person. And he makes this roster. That is a guy I'm looking to make a big step in 2024. I think he's got the potential to be really good. I think when you put him with a Brandon Face on, when you put him with a, a Marcus Peters, you got a Marcus Epps, who I know plays safety, but his influence – I think Amik Robertson could be the breakout returning player of the 24-20 uh, team. How about you? Without a doubt, Amik is knocking on that door, right? He's about to take that next step. And again, assuming health, assuming he keeps on the same tra uh, trajectory that he's been on. Like you said, he's a fun guy just to be around, right? Just to see, you know, if he's, if you're in the locker room with him, it's like as soon as he walks in, as soon as he starts talking, all heads turn that way and, and a lot of people just start walking towards him. So um, he's fun to be around and we're not even on the team, right? So imagine what he does in the locker room, keeping the mood light, and then going out there on the field and performing. Um, you you have no choice but to respect a young guy that is already performing, still wants to learn more, still wants to get better. And uh, this is this is his year to take that next step. You know, a lot of fans, because they don't get to see practice in games, they're not stupid. I hate that when media treat fans like they're stupid because they're not. But they don't get to see all that you and I get to see. And what I thought was cool is his teammates were rooting for him. And when I say to I say to fans all the time, do you think players want to lose? Well, no. So when they're rooting for a guy, they think I can win with him. And on top of it, I, I had one player tell me he is everybody's little brother in the locker room. And I, it doesn't matter if you're an offensive defensive guy. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. It doesn't matter if you're a first round pick or a UDFA. Everybody in that room loves Amik Robertson. I think that's fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it definitely adds to the environment, and, and it makes it, again, sometimes a locker room, especially one with any kind of uh, expectations or, or pressure of any kind, it can get tense inside, right? He keeps it completely light in there, um, and the, the players, the teammates, they have they have to root for him, right? And, and they do, and it just adds to the environment. It adds to the vibe of the team. It brings the players closer, um, and then, again, like I said, on top of everything else, he backs it up on the field, so players love that, right? You can make the, the locker room better and easier to be in, but if you're not performing on the field, Nobody cares, especially in the NFL. So he does all of that, and uh, he, he's ready for sure. All right, Zeke, you're going to be joining me each and every week. Zeke is our newest member of the Sports Illustrated Fan Nation Raiders Today 
man, we love this guy. So glad to have him part of the team. He's going to be in the building with me in Henderson every day. He is a great reporter. In fact, he did such a good job when we had an opening. We we snagged him immediately. He was our first-round draft pick. We love having him. He doesn't know this yet, so I'm going to surprise him. He's got his own podcast that's going to be coming here in a few weeks. You're going to get to hear Zeke on his own. We're going to call it Zeke Un- maybe something like Unleashed. I don't know. We're gonna, we're thinking about yeah. it. We're going to let the movie <laughs> sure. the beast loose. But, man, we're going to have fun with Ezekiel. Trezavant, we appreciate having him part of the team, one of the newest additions. We appreciate all of you. Make sure you're subscribing and getting all of our information, reading all of our articles. We love and appreciate you guys. Thanks for being with us again. From Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Raiders today, I'm Hondo Carpenter. He's Ezekiel Trezavant, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Thanks, everybody. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa. Whoa!